from the Hanneman Health Club here in the heart of New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Darren Sims, and today we welcome local filmmaker Carla Francesca. Born in Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic, Robles attended Universidad Autónoma de Santo Domingo and moved to New York City with her family in 2010. Following her graduation from BMCC with an associate's degree in video arts technology, she got her bachelor's in film and video at the City College of New York and has risen to the ranks at Manhattan Neighborhood Network to become its production facilitator. In 2016, Carla created her own film production company, Ure Arolu Films, with the mission to raise the voices of the unheard and ignored and tell the stories through film. Her first documentary, Buñeros Street Vendors, was awarded for excellence in filmmaking at the 2017 Inwood Film Festival, and her documentary, Layers of Baker, will screen at the forthcoming Inwood Film Festival. We are going to talk to her about her past, current, and upcoming projects. But first, Carla, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Thank you for the invitation, Aaron. You're very welcome. So how are you? I'm good. Uh, We're alive. we got to be grateful for that. After more than a year of craziness, and lost and grieved. So I'm very happy to be here today. Well, the feeling's mutual. Thank you. <laughs> so let's dive in right to the work. All right. Both Bujoneros and Lairs of Baker have two wonderful themes in common. Uh, they're both focused on an aspect of life in the uptown community, uh, and they both show the struggle of working class uh, Latinos to keep their small businesses alive in New York City. Uh, and this was pre-pandemic, by the way. <laughs> so let's make sure that's out there. Uh, so not only as a resident of Uptown uh, and as a film festival presenter, uh, but just as an audience member, I appreciate your willingness to show the social and emotional difficulty of your protagonists uh, and at the same time, you hold a mirror up to nature, as Hamlet did, uh, to make a call for positive change. So would you say that these two documentaries helped you develop your voice and style as a filmmaker? Totally. Uh, when I started working in Buoneros, it was a simple assignment uh, at BMCC. Interview your mom, interview your dad. Let's, um, let's dig into the process of making a documentary film. And I thought, well, but if I'm spending time in working in this project, I wanted to make it meaningful. And I want to explore something that I'm, um, not, something that I'm not familiar with. I'm from the Dominican Republic, as you mentioned. And things over there are not as organized. People just go to the street and, you know, do their thing. They sail. But I wanted to know how was the processing here. And that's when I, I started doing my research and I found out that there was this magnificent organization, Street Vendor Project, and that they were getting organized. And I wanted to know everything about that. I wanted to know what was going on. Um, and that's how I discovered documentary filmmaking. And I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I, I want to become a filmmaker, and I want to, I want to dig into people's stories. 
Well, I think you do a great job in digging into their stories and, and bringing them to light in a very palpable and uh, humane way. Uh, are there up, other uptown stories like these uh, you would like to highlight? Definitely. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say uh, uptown, but the entire New York City is full of so many stories. We have so people from all over the world that, you know, they have the necessity to share their stories, um, their journey. People want to talk about those things. And I'm, I'm the type that I jump into a cab and my husband makes fun of me because he says, you can keep quiet. You have to talk to the driver and you have to ask <laughs> questions. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, the other day I was at the hospital with my little one. She got an ear infection and I had to go to work. So my husband came to the hospital. I went to work, but I, I jumped into a cab and it was this Greek man. And we started talking. It was so beautiful and random. And he started saying how, how he visited the Dominican Republic once. And I said, oh, I would love to go to Greece. It was beautiful. Uh, there are so many things that we don't know about other peoples and their struggles. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, and I think we're going to hear even more of those struggles because despite the reopening efforts with COVID and the pandemic, uh, I don't yeah. feel we've really felt the effects yet of how our small businesses and taxi drivers are part of a small oh, yeah. business. They're entrepreneurs in their own right, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't think I don't think we've heard the last of um, the pure, um, I'll just say, hardships that people have felt yet. So I think there's going to be a lot of stories to tell, um, as there have been anyway. But uh, I just feel like you do have that great curiosity that your husband pointed out uh, that'll lead you to new uh, documentaries. So just I was just curious if you had any stories in mind at the time. Um, but let's talk about your work at MNN. Um, uh, can you speak to how your work is helping uh, and helping community producers with their television shows for public access and TV in both Spanish and English has affected and informs your work and approach as you approach your projects? When I joined MNN, I had no idea what public access was because we don't have public access in the Dominican Republic. I don't think we have public access in Latin America, period. Uh, and I started working there as an, uh, as an intern through BMCC. That was a requirement for me to graduate. Mm -hmm. So I came to MNN. Uh, I loved it. I, I, I couldn't believe that people could have access to media for free, basically. And I was very lucky at the time because by the time that my internship ended, two positions for production facilitation opened. So I applied. And I learned that public access has been very stigmatized because it's, it's like whatever. Yeah. But we feel very proud at MNN El Barrio Firehouse to say that we actually put work for the productions that our community producers make um, to be quality, you know, like to have the quality. Um, and we always have to give them the feedback because sometimes they don't know how to do, th how to do things. Uh, we provide suggestions, we make commentary uh, criticisms. And at the end of the day, you know, they're very happy about what they're producing and we're very happy because we are helping them produce 
and raise their voices. We have so many different shows. During the pandemic, we didn't close. We were working from home, still using uh, Zoom, StreamYard, uh, doing town halls uh, with the politicians to talk about the pandemic. Uh, we were doing partnerships with um, local organizations like Union Settlement for the youth, so they could, they, they, the youth could know that they have the resources, even though we were going through the pandemic. Um, and the fact that we open our doors to help the community in these ways, I mean, I think it's, it's empowering and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. So what should we be watching right now on MNN? What are some of your favorites? Ooh. Oh, well, we are producing six in-house productions. Uh, that's, um, that's what we produce at MNN. That is not what the community producers are uh, producing. Um, and one of the shows that I like a lot, um, it's one do, uh, that, that we do in partnership with an organization called the Fortune Society. And the show is called Both Sides of the Bars. They are advocating for uh, people who are incarcerated or people that are no longer incarcerated, um, but they're looking for jobs. Uh, they're seeking not to be discriminated. They're looking for housing. Uh, they're trying to find jobs. It's a 28-minute show, and it's so powerful, the amount of information that they provide, things that we don't even know. Uh, we're producing... Punto de Vista, which is a Spanish show that we do live every Thursday at 8 p.m. It's like a magazine where we talk about politics, uh, but we also talk about art, entertainment, news. That one I, I help produce, and it's, it's really fun. All right, folks, you have your homework. Go find them. Yes. Very we're, good. We're everywhere. That's right. What channel are they in New York City? What, what channel? I mean, it's, it's like different because cables are... Some, oh, my God. We have five channels, yeah. Aaron. We are on a Spectrum. We are in RCN. We are on Verizon Fios. And we are online. Yeah. And we are on YouTube. So there's no missing the show wow. because you can't find us. <laughs> That's amazing. And That's we collaborate cool. with BronxNet, which is the public access sure. in Bronx. We also collaborate with Brick in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And the Fortune Society show, uh, Both Sides of the Bars, airs nationally. Wow. Yes. That's really cool. It's, it's really cool because we're also in partnership with uh, other public access uh, nationally. Yeah. Yeah. So people, you don't know how good you got it. Yeah. So it's easy. You can just go to mnn.org and you, you can find all of the shows. Perfect. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So before COVID hit, though, you were working on your own show. Um, I want to bring up in March of 2020, you and your husband, Francis Mateo, were working on a teaser for the second episode of a new miniseries called Frangil Notario P.I., Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and it was produced by your production company called, I'm, I'm, I can't say it right. Rajuelu Films. See, it sounds so much better when she says it. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, a lot has happened since then in the world. So where are you now with the series? We're writing. We are writing because um, the reason why we started shooting the teaser was because we had planned to do a crowdfunding uh, campaign so we could pay our crew. Because everything that we have done so far is, you know, out of pocket. Um, so we had to stop. We've, I think we've, we did it back in March 2020 when everything started with COVID. And we put a hold onto that project because this is something that 
We want to shoot it with uh, paying paying our cast and crew, and this is a project that we have in our heart. Um, written by my husband, mainly Francis, he created the idea of this pseudo private investigator in the community who also works as an artery, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, Notaries don't make big, muck, big, buck, big bucks at all, do they? No. Yeah. You know, fun fact, yeah. in the Dominican Republic, in order for you to be an artery, you got to be a lawyer. Really? Yeah. In here, I think you just you take, a cl- take a class or yeah. something. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Anybody can be an artery. <laughs> I see an episode somewhere of like coming from the DR saying, Are you, I'm a lawyer. Like, we, we don't care. Just give us a notary, please. Just, <laughs> just. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, um, so uh, I want to, but I want to note though about your film company is that you formed it not just to produce this um, series, but it's reflective effort to break barriers for people of color and immigrants and women. Uh, and with the way the, philanthropic world has shifted over the past few years with a greater desire for diversity and funding women's and my women's stories and minority groups i was wondering if um this might be a good time are you like seeing any, any assistance for projects that are trickling down to like project-based artist-based uh filmmaking or do you feel the funding is still too top heavy for like the big organizations and the little companies the struggle is there yeah. you know um I see that many, many more grants ha- are becoming available. Uh, I have to say I'm super happy because my dear friend, Maite Bonilla, uh, just got a grant for uh, NIFA, with NIFA. The City Corp grant? Yeah, Very she got good. it, and uh, she was so excited. She was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this. Thank you for sharing information. I'm like, well, if I have the information and I know that other people can benefit from it, why not share it? And mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that she got it because she's yep. working hard for that to happen. Um, so we appreciate the fact that now you have more access to these grants, but the struggle to get the money and to get funded still is still a challenge. I have a friend who was working in, a, an, in an amazing documentary film. I heard from him that Netflix was taking a look into it and they were interested in in, um, getting the film, but they wanted to have uh, full control of the project. And he was like, I don't think I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Because if I give them full control of this story, I don't know what they're gonna do with it. So I just wish that we could have access to more opportunities, but also keeping, you know, some level of you know control of the projects and the creativity because unfortunately the, the the way he's going to tell the story is not the same way that the executives are going to tell the story because they're thinking about other things you know yeah you don't, you don't want them to take over as a showrunner for your idea exactly especially because if you respect your subject and it's a very delicate um, topic you want to honor you know, the fact that they say yes to you and that they gave you access, you want to respect that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what they're going to do just to sell the show, um, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's a matter of integrity. Yeah. So so we're saying then 
it is a little top heavy right now still with the funding and it hasn't quite trickled down as of yet but yeah there's progress being made right yeah yeah, yeah definitely i wouldn't i wouldn't say that, that that we're so far behind many people are doing more stuff i I watch a lot of uh, animated stories with my little girls, and I see that they're trying to bring the diversity to these shows, and that's a clap to them for that. Yeah, that's for great. The, for the effort, and the, you know, the fact that they're thinking, the Latino community, I think, according to the 2020 census, have uh, incremented a lot. Yeah, it's going up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, by 2040, I think they're saying it's going to be over. Fifty percent, right? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and and that's not too accurate because the census was done in twenty twenty, and I know many many undocumented people didn't fill it out right. because they were afraid. They were afraid because they thought, well, ICE is gonna come and knock on my door, or right. you know, they didn't do it. So the numbers are like an estimate, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's one hundred percent. You know the, the the truth of how many people uh, immigrant people are here. So, with that in mind, um, about telling immigrant stories like Fran Gill, um, where can people help you if they like to get involved in supporting your company and make Fran Gill move forward? Well, when we launch that crowdfunding <laughs> campaign, that's how they can you know, uh, help us. There we go. Yes. Yes, yes, well, yes, I'm yes. saying. And so they can go, they can go to your, go to, uh, and when are you, when are you launching that? Do you have any idea? Uh, we are planning to launch by December, but okay. let's see, let's see what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, so many things happening right now, especially with COVID and this new variant, uh, a lot of uncertainty, mm-hmm. but hopefully we can start working on, on this new episode by 2022. Yeah. How many episodes are in the series? Do you have a whole series? Uh, do you have it uh, storyboarded? We have uh, so far four. Okay. But the plan is to continue to make at least six or eight. Let's see. Like in a season? Like have an eight? Yeah, like a season. Four cool. season. Very cool. Yeah. So outside of Fran Gill, do you have any other documentaries or any other projects in development? Any narrative projects in development? Uh, narrative, No. I have the idea for a documentary film. I'm still waiting for the main subject to say yes, I'm on board. What's I just a, I've been just waiting for what, her to say what's yes. What's her name? And what's her phone number? I'm, I'm not going to say okay. that. Okay. <laughs> well, we don't want to we don't want to spook her. But we hope she says yes to No, you. but uh, what I can say is that is a Dominican woman who has been working in New York City since the 70s. I highly admire her work, and I really would love to tell her story. That's all I can say. What a compliment that might, that will be. I hope I hope hope she wises up because she'll get a good treatment from you. I'm I, I'm sure she will. Well, Carla, it's always a pleasure to see you, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your time and talent with us. Where can we send people to keep up with you and your upcoming projects? So we have a website. Rayuelufilms.com, R-A-Y-O-U-L-E-F-I-L-M-S.com, Rayuelufilms.com. I'm also on Instagram pretty much. Uh, I, I would love to say that I'm not so much in it, 
<laughs> but I'm there. Um, you can find me with the handle Carla with a C underscore Francesca. Francesca, you don't write it the way the Italian write, writes Francesca. You have to put the C-H. Yeah, it's a Dominican thing. <laughs> we'll have it on our channel here so people can know exactly how to spell it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And you know, people also write my name with K so many times. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I get it my whole life. People use one M or last name or two M's or they misspelled my name with an E. I'm like, come on, people. Yep. But what can you do? It happens. As long as they call me, it's all that matters, really. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. True thing. Yeah. You're one of our favorites. We'd love to oh, have you. Uh, so, touch. so thanks to Carla for joining me. Carla Francesca. Carla Francesca. Uh, uh, joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you take a moment right now, please show some love for us and In What Artworks by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. Many thanks to Hanneman Health Club here at 216 Sherman Avenue in Inwood for hosting us and also to Heightsites.com for uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks El Fresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. If you'd like to support On Air and our free programming here, make a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. Inwood Artworks.